Welcome to the Christian Life Austin podcast. Visit clcaustin.com for the latest news, register for an upcoming event, or support the Christian Life ministry through our online giving portal. We trust that you'll enjoy today's message. Thank you once again for listening. Joseph's story is awesome. It really, really is. There are some things about the story of Joseph that cannot be denied. 
The Bible said he was his father's son of his old age. And he was given a coat of many colors. He was a favorite to his father. He was chosen by God. He was anointed by God. He had a destiny given to him by God. He was favored by God. And he was also favored by his earthly father. And also the Bible said God was with Joseph. I have given you six things here that let you know that Joseph was walking both in favor of God because God chose him and he was walking in favor of his earthly father. It sounds like a winning combination. And judging from that criteria, it would look like Joseph had it made, that it seemed as though he was living the life. You would expect to find his book under Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous, written by Sir Joseph. But when we read the Bible today, we find out that this same Joseph, who had everything going for him, who was anointed by God, who was favored by his earthly father and had so many great advantages, one day found himself in a pit. I want to stop here for just a minute and tell everyone here, if somebody told you that when you became a Christian that all your problems would be over and that you'd never hurt again and that you would never cry again and that you would never suffer again, they lied. They lied. The Bible said many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. Christians, we don't live in a vacuum. I hate to tell you, but we're not bubble wrapped. We have problems also. Christians get sick. Christians get in debt. Christians get divorced. Christian, Christians get their hearts broken. Christians get in places they shouldn't be. And sometimes you fall in, sometimes you jump in, and sometimes you're pushed in. But regardless of how you got there or why you're there, a pit is a pit. And if you stay there, you will die. Dreams die in a pit. Ministries die in a pit. Gifts and callings and marriages die in the pit. The Bible said Reuben, Reuben the firstborn, was responsible for Joseph's pit. Reuben's name means simply unstableness. Unstable as water, his father said when he blessed him. He was unstable. There's a lot of unstableness. In the world today, I hate to tell you, we're not walking on a level playing field. And unstableness was the one that suggested they throw Joseph into the pit. I don't think it was a mean act from Reuben. It was just a means to rid Joseph, the dreamer, of the brothers that wanted to perhaps kill him. And we don't know what happened, but whatever it was, we know this. Unstableness. Reuben was there when Joseph was thrown in the pit. But he was not there when he was lifted out of the pit. Reuben was surprised. Reuben was shocked because he saw him go into the pit. He saw him struggling and begging to be delivered from the pit. 
But now he's looking at the same pit, expecting to see pitiful Joseph full of fear and full of confusion, stressing and crying and begging to be delivered. But Joseph wasn't there. I want to declare whatever is responsible for you being in a pit today will not be visible when you come out of your pit. Peter was in prison in Acts chapter 12. He was in prison. He was behind two locked doors and an iron gate. And one night an angel appeared and the, ch and the chains dropped off and Pete just got up and walked out of those two locked doors and out behind that iron gate. And the Bible says in verse 11, Now I know of a surety that the Lord has sent his angel and has delivered me out of the hand of Herod and from all the expectation of the people of the Jews. There are people that think when you get in particular situations in life, they think you'll never come out. Their expectation is once you get in, you're going to stay in. See, pits were made for, for, not made for overcomers to stay in. It's just a place sometime that we have to visit when unstableness hits our life. I wish somebody would tell themselves today, I'm coming out of the pit. I wish somebody would talk to yourself today, whatever situation you're in, and say, I'm not going to stay here. I'm going to exceed the expectation of the people that placed me here, and I'm coming out in the name of the Lord. Clap your hands. I don't know what your pit is today, whether it's death. Your pit may be sickness. Your pit may be addiction. Your pit may be despair or depression. It may be marriage problems that look so deep and so dark and impossible that you feel like giving up. It may be a spiritual pit and you just don't feel God like you used to and you're dry and you're discouraged. I don't know what your pit is. They all come in different shapes and different sizes. But I want somebody to walk out of here today saying, I've spent my last night in a pit. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy will come in the morning in your life. Reuben came back to the pit where he last saw Joseph, and Joseph wasn't there. There are some people that thought they knew you pretty good. They thought they knew where to look for you anytime they came around. They even talked about your pitiful condition to other people. But that was yesterday. Today is a new day. And I hear Joseph telling us on July 14, 2013, if you ever get in one of those unstable conditions and unstableness puts you in a pit, don't die there. That fall doesn't have to be fatal. You don't have to die in the pit. Quit, don't quit dreaming. Don't quit believing. Don't quit trusting. Don't quit expecting. The pit was a death knell for Joseph, but he made a quick visit and had a turnaround because God is in to turnarounds. God is in to turnarounds. Joseph had a turnaround. Job had a turnaround. Daniel in a lion's den had a turnaround. The Hebrew children had a turnaround. Jonah in the belly of a whale had a turnaround. And Jesus on a cross came out of the grave. God is in to turn around. And I don't care what unstable situation has put you in a pit. 
Don't stay there. Come out of it because God is for you. And you're favored and you're loved and you're adored by the God of heaven. Clap your hands. Come on. All over this house. Clap your hands today. From Genesis to Revelation, God turns it around. And if you haven't been convinced yet, all you have to do is look in the mirror. Some of you used to be prostitutes. Some of you used to be pushers. Some of you used to be thieves and liars. Some of you used to be adulterers and fornicators. Some of you used to be alcoholics and drug addicts. But that was the old man. That was B.C. That was before Christ. 2 Corinthians 5 said, If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things are become new. And I want to declare something to you right now. It happened suddenly. As quickly as unstableness shoved him in, as quickly as unstableness shoved him in, one minute he was in the pit, one minute he was in the dark, one minute he was terminal, one minute it looked like the end, and suddenly everything changed. Suddenly he's standing in the sunshine. In an instant, everything changed. In one minute, what was terminal and staring him in the face was over and behind him because God does not want his Christians living in a dark, no water well. He wants you out in the sunshine. He wants you lifting your hands and saying, this is a day the Lord has made. I'll rejoice and be glad. And I know unstableness wants to shove, but you don't have to stay where he put you. You can come out of the pit today. Say amen. Peter fished all night one night, and he caught nothing. But in one act of obedience, Jesus said, launch out into the deep for a great draw to fish. Luke 5 said he went from nothing to too much. He went from empty nets to breaking nets. He went from an empty boat to a sinking boat. He went from loss to profit. He went from weeping to rejoicing, from a loser to a winner, suddenly. And at the lowest point in Joseph's life, physically and spiritually, God stepped in. Reuben may have put him in. Unstableness may have put him in. But my Bible said Judah got him out. You missed it when I read it in the text. Judah said, get him out of there. Here's what I want to tell you. It wasn't his coat of many colors that got him out. It wasn't his anointing that got him out. It wasn't the fact that he was favored that got him out. It wasn't even his dreams that got him out. Judah means praise. Reuben means unstableness. And Judah means praise. And when unstableness pushes you in, praise has a way of bringing you out. Oh, somebody help me right now. I am not trying to preach something for emotion today. I'm trying to tell you that when you're in the darkest time of your life and unstableness is all around, Judah is the only thing that will bring you out of the pit that you're in. Woo! Pastor, the world is so unstable. The world is so unstable. 
It's so unstable. Listen to me. Listen to me. I am not here to talk about a case last night. But one thing I appreciate about Trayvon's mom and, her dad, and his dad was this. Is that Trayvon's mom and dad, even though their son did not get the justice that they thought he deserved. You know what their words were? In the morning, we're going to the house of the Lord. And we're going to worship. Hey, there's some pits out there. You hear me? There's some pits out there. But if unstableness shoves you in, I know something that's going to get you out. The only thing that'll get you out of a pit quickly. And so when unstableness comes back and says, how did you get out of that? Say, praise got me out. Praise got me out. I praise my way out of darkness. I praise my way out of sickness. I praise my way out of death. I praise my way out of trauma. I praise my way out of dying. Or as David said, I will bless the Lord at all times. But it wasn't a pretty Judah that got him out. It was an ugly Judah. I've never preached about ugly Judah. I've always preached praise as being beautiful. But an ugly Judah got him out. The circumstances may not have been of Joseph choosing. Nevertheless, Judah was responsible for getting him out of the pit. Old, ugly Judah got him out. The point I'm trying to make is praise doesn't have to be pretty. To be powerful. Anybody can praise pretty when the battle's over. Anybody can praise God pretty when the sickness is healed. Anybody can praise God pretty when the marriage is restored and a family is mended. Anybody can praise God pretty when you've got a good retirement, money in your wallet, and money in your bank account. Anybody can praise God then. But I'm saying today, it takes something to shout in the face of the devil. It takes something to praise in the face of a doctor's bad report. It takes something to shout when you don't have two nickels to rub together. It takes something to shout when you're going through the fire to lift up your hands and lift up your voice and say, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. I'm talking about ugly praise. I'm talking about old ugly Judah. See, you got to start where you're at. Wherever you are today is where you got to start. I can't preach you to a level to bring you out of your pit. I've come out of mine. And nobody could preach me out of it. Praise brought me out of it. So you start with the walls closing in on you. You start laying in the hospital bed. You start when you're at the bottom of your pit. You start when you're in the middle of your pain. You start when you're in the inner prison at midnight with your hands and your feet bound and your back bloody and you're beaten black and blue. It may not be pretty. In fact, it may be ugly. But even if you're in that situation, give God an ugly praise. Because I promise you, God don't look at the face of it. He looks at the content of it. And if you'll bless the Lord wherever you are, somebody needs to help me right now. If you'll bless the Lord wherever you are, he'll bring you from that pit 
to the palace because the anointing on you is not supposed to put you in a pit. The anointing on you is supposed to take you to a palace. And God Almighty is not finished with you. You're not done in this pit of insecurity. You're not done in this pit of depression. You're not finished yet. Get out of it. Praise your way out of the pain. Dictionary describes ugly as this. Very unattractive. Unpleasant. To look at. Offensive to the sense of beauty. Displeasing in appearance. That's what ugly means. And there's some people that I need to preach to right now that need to give God some ugly praise this next week. Real praisers get loud. Real praisers get undignified. Real praisers can get messy. They don't worry about their hair. They don't worry about their makeup. Real praisers can get offensive to pretty praisers. Pretty praisers know how to control their praise. Pretty praisers never mess up their hair or their makeup never runs. They don't get loud. They don't think of jumping or dancing. But God said, he, I, I want you to give me some ugly praise every now and then. I want you to lift your voice up like a trumpet. I want you to declare that God Almighty is with you in your world. See, hell has a problem when you start praising God. Hell has an issue when you start praising God. Paul and Silas are in prison. They're locked down. They're in stocks. They're in bonds. And they've been beaten. And it's midnight. What else can go wrong? How deep a pit do you want to put them in? But see, I'm tired of us hearing those stories and not living that glory. Because unstableness wants to put us in the same position spiritually. Put us in prison. Bind us down. Beat us up real good. Tell us it's midnight. We'll never see the morning again. But at midnight, at midnight... They didn't do it at 1130 because they wanted the world to know at midnight, the darkest, the darkest time of their life at midnight. They said, we're not staying in this house. They began to pray and sing praises unto God Almighty. David said, I will praise him on my bed of affliction. I will praise him. I will bless the Lord at all times. Somebody said, Pastor, it looks like to me that we're just in a position, in a place where we like to hear it, not see it. I, how many of y'all remember? Help me out. Brother Josh, help me out on this. How many of y'all remember when Nintendo came out? Nintendo. Remember Nintendo? Look here. Remember that game? What was that game? 1985. Oh, back it up. What was that game? It was about a frog, wasn't it? And a frog wanted to get across that road in that traffic. And he got squished from time to time, didn't he? But you know what happened? We just reloaded and put another frog out there. <laughs> Hello? Hello? Frog got squished. But another frog just came along. Throw another one up there. What's that? That's the Mario brothers. That's old Mario and Luigi. Remember them? Remember them? Boy, they had all kinds of falls and Pratt Falls. You know what we did? We'd push, do over, start again. And we'd get old Mario and Luigi jumping around and 
It was awesome. It was powerful. It was glorious. Put another one up there. Let me see. Woo, Pac-Man. Oh, hallelujah. You better watch out for that red one. He'll get you. That red one will get you. But see that little Pac-Man down there eating up those dots? We want to eat up those dots. And that red one was after us. And the blue one and the pink one and the yellow one, they was all after us. They was all chasing us. And when we, when we got eight, we just pushed it again. Now watch this. Go on, give me another game. Give me another. Oh, asteroid. Aha. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Wow. Some of y'all were bad about that, wasn't you? You got another one? Brother Josh, got another one? Oh, pong. Better known as tennis. Pong. Remember Pong? Got another one, Brother Josh? Oh, yeah, Super Mario Brothers. You got Donkey Kong back there? You don't have Donkey Kong? You got Donkey Kong? That's don oh, there's the donkey down there, yeah. Oh, there he is. Yeah, I saw, I saw, I saw a little Mario up there on the top. That's Donkey Kong right there. All right, you know, you know what that did to us? Let me tell you what that did to us. That brought us in from outside. That stopped us from playing. That stopped me from running in the rain. That stopped me from going over and saying, is John available? We want to play some ball. We want to get outside and run and play. And we lost our activity. And all of a sudden, we became vicarious people playing these games and we really wasn't the one getting hurt. Vicariously, we had a frog that got stepped on. We had a donkey that messed up, or a gorilla that messed up. We had Mario brothers, Mario and Luigi that had falls. And we went through all of this. And we would lose and we'd push a button. But it didn't cost us anything. It was vicarious suffering. We suffered through the Mario brothers. We suffered through. Now, you know what you can do now? You know what you can do now? Now, I'm taking you kids way back. You kids don't know what this is about. This is old time for you, but it's in the 80s. You understand what I'm saying? That's the old days now. But now, you know what you can do? You can go on YouTube now, and you can go to these games still. Watch this now. You can go to these games still, and you can watch somebody play the game. It's even worse now than it was then. You can watch somebody play the game who can max these games out. They're super, wonderful, talented Nintendo experts. And we sit there and watch them and say, wow. And so what we have become is clappers and rejoicers for something we hear good. Oh, I like that. I don't want to go through that. I, I, I'll suffer vicariously, but I like that. I like to hear your story, Pastor. Oh, that's good. But Pastor, can you tell us how to, how to max out the score game? Can you tell us how to max out the game? No, no, no. I can't tell you how to max out the game. I can show you how to max out the game. Because what we've done, we've got away from playing in the rain. We've got away from running in the wind. We've got away from exercising ourselves in the house of God. We have lost something precious in the house of God. We have lost ugly praise. We have lost praise when things are not going good. Because it's not vicarious anymore. It's about us. And somebody hadn't told us, hey, there's a way to get out of that. 
There's a way to come out of that pain. There's a way to come out of that. Not just hearing a preacher preach, but you and you and you and you and you can come out of your own personal pit. You can have victory. You can have overwhelmed. You know what it is? It's called praise the Lord. It's called lift your hands and magnify God. It's still running in the wind. It's still running in the rain. It's still getting involved yourself. I wish I could get every man in this house to stand on his feet and show his wife and his kids what praise looks like. Come on, what praise looks like. I wish every man in this house would get on their feet. Samson, that jawbone just destroyed a thousand Philistines. Don't throw it away. Don't get away from the thing that brought you victory. Pick it up and there's water in it. Here's what I'm telling you. Some of the things we used to do all the time in church, like praise Him, like love Him, like dance before the Lord, like shout unto God with the voice of triumph. We have done it now vicariously. We just watch somebody do it. We just watch a pastor preach his heart out. But it don't take that. That's not what it's about. It's about you getting involved in the ministry of praise for yourself. You got to praise your way out. Come on. You got to praise your way out. <laughs> Woo! Be seated, men. I want every woman to stand in the house and praise the Lord with all your heart. Come on. Every lady in the house. Every lady in the house. Every lady in the house. Praise him. Praise him. Praise him. Pastor, you don't know where I'm at. It don't matter where you are. Praise him. I'm tired of vicarious living. I want to run in the rain again. I want to run through the wind again. I'm tired of vicarious church. I want to run again. I want to shout again. I want to praise God again. We have a missionary that our church supports. We support many missionaries. For you that give to missions, we support 30 to 35 missionaries every month in this church. We don't talk about it a whole lot. But we ought to talk about it more because I believe in missions. And we take it out of the tithe and out of the offering. We support these missionaries whether it comes in or not. Thank you that give to missions. And if you'd like to start giving to missions, you can start giving to missions because we support many, many great, great missionaries doing great, great jobs in foreign countries. But one of the missionaries that we support, when he was a four-year-old boy, came to this church. Came to this church when it was next door. And it was named Westgate. He came to this church. His grandmother brought him. The little boy was bashful and shy because he had a problem. He was blind. He could not see. And so he didn't want to come around a lot and be around people. He already had an inferiority complex. And he didn't want to be around people. But there's a revival being preached next door by a woman, not a man, a woman, named Billy Fluitt, Jeff Fluitt's mom, Jeffrey Fluitt's grandmother. She was preaching a revival next door and the grandmother came up and said, Mrs. Fluitt, Sister Fluitt, would you come back? I have a grandson that's blind. And I want God to heal my grandson. 
Sister Fluke went back and prayed for him and said, son, you will be healed. I do not sense a miracle happening, but you will be healed. Your sight will come back gradually. The next morning, the boy awoke, and he had perfect sight. Stay with me. Stay with me. No, 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 Listen to me. Listen to me. He's a missionary today, and he doesn't wear glasses. His name is Billy Krasan. He's in Honduras. When he was four years old, he was blind, and God healed him. God healed him. God healed him. Now listen to me. If you have nothing else to praise God for, you need to lift your hands because somebody who was once blind but now they can see is given a gospel to the country of Honduras to let people who can't see the gospel be seeing the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Here's what I'm trying to tell you. You got a million reasons to praise the Lord. But the problem is we've been vicarious so long. We've been suffering through others and we haven't been able to express ourselves. It's time for this church to run in the wind again. It's time for this church to dance in the rain again. It's time for this church to not stay in an unstable posture that unstableness has placed you in a pit. It's time to come out of that pit and say, I will bless the Lord at all times. And Reuben, when he got back, the man was not in the pit because praise takes you out of the darkness into sunshine. You ought to get up every morning clapping your hands. You ought to get up every day, every day. But pastor, you know, I got bad, I got, I got bad luck. They're just bad luck. Well, why don't you praise your way out of bad luck? Why don't you praise your way out of darkness? Why don't you praise your way out of temptation? Why don't you praise your way out of a dysfunctional family? Why don't you bless the Lord? I promise you, if you'll try praise, it will work. It will work. Oh, it's difficult. It's difficult. Job lost everything. I'm closing. He lost everything. His heart was breaking. But Job gave God an ugly praise. Ugly. He arose. He ran his mantle. He shaved his head. He fell on the ground and he worshiped. That's ugly. That's as ugly as it gets. But if all you can do is give him pretty praise, it may not really be praise, it may just be applaud. When you can really praise him, when the lights are out, the water's gone, the pit is dry and it's barren, when you can really praise him, that's what I call ugly Judah. And there's nothing greater than praising him when hell says it's all over. I close today. Many of you know my story. But when I lost my family in 81, unstableness knocked me in a pit the last thing I expected was to lose a wife and a son last thing I expected last thing I expected it was a Friday Saturday morning I've told this story but Saturday morning and I, I, I'm not going to retell it again but Saturday morning I went, I went to the church dad asked me if he wanted, said you want me to go with you I said no dad I, I, I'll make it I'm going to be alright I'm going to be fine I said I want to go to the church I just 
walked to the church and walked in the church, nobody was there. I wish an angel had been down at the middle altar and said, hey, son, I'm waiting on you. Well, no angels. I wish the choir could have sung to me. I wish somebody could have just said, you know, it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. But it wasn't there. It just wasn't there. But here's what I said the morning I walked in that church. I said, I've preached it. I have preached it for 11 years. And now I'm going to live what I preach. I'm going to give you bloodshot eyes. I'm going to give you weeping face. I'm going to give you trembling hands. I'm going to give you a broken heart in a million pieces. I'm going to give you everything that hadn't been destroyed. I'm going to give it to you. I felt like that little lamb in the Old Testament that the shepherdry puts back together when he has just two legs and a piece of an ear. I felt like that lamb. I felt like I had been destroyed. But I said, God, I'm going to give you everything that hadn't been taken, that hadn't been destroyed in me. I'm going to give it to you. On that Saturday, on that Saturday, on that Saturday, God brought me out of the pit because I knew that Misty needed my strength and needed my love. And she was six years old. And I couldn't stay there. You can't stay there can't stay there. I don't care how unstable life is and how much un unstableness life pushes on you. I don't care where unstableness places you in life. You can't stay there. You've got to come out. And the only thing that will bring you out is not your anointing. It's not your favor. It's not the daddy that you have. It's not the church you go to. It's the fact that you're going to give him ugly, ugly worship. Ugly going to weep, you're going to cry, but you're going to say, Lord, you're all I need. You're all I ever want. I'm preaching to somebody today. I'm talking to somebody today. There are people in this church that's going to go through the crucible of their life this week, this very week, this very week, they're going through the crucible of their life. Something's going to happen in their family that's going to, it's going to hurt them so desperately if it doesn't go right. But I'm here to tell you something. You don't have to stay in that pit. You can come out of that pit. You can praise the Lord. Some of you lost family. We had a little girl that didn't feel like life was worth living, took her own life about two months ago. But, but people, family members that are in this church today, you don't have to stay there. That's unstableness of life. Reuben is unstable. He'll push you in pits, but you don't have to stay there. Judah will bring you out. Praise will bring you out. Praise will lift you up. Praise will ordain you and give you the light of day again. That's what praise does. That's what praise does. That's what praise does. Somebody said, Pastor, when did you go back to preaching? I made it a point. I made it a point. I didn't preach the Sunday. I didn't preach the Sunday. The Monday. The funeral was on Monday. But the next Sunday I was in the pulpit again. Why? Why, Pastor? You trying to prove something? No, 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 no. No, no, no. I refuse to stay where unstable is pushed. I'm not going to stay there. I'm not going to stay there. Hell wants you to die there. But don't stay there. Come on. Come on out. Come on out. Stand to your feet all over the house right now. 
Let's clap our hands as big as we clap our hands. And that concludes today's podcast. Thanks again for listening.